Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. Do you know what? Talking to a real rebel today on the show, it's not every day an artist that you play gets banned on the BBC and this man has done that and still managed to hit record. Holly Johnson, you're very welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very well, thanks Trina. How are you? Good. I was just saying to you off the air there, you are literally the perfect guest for this radio station because we are all about the 80s and the 90s and the classic hits and you can't really get more classic really, can you, than the stuff that you were releasing in the 80s with uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I mean, it was just huge, wasn't it? Well, yeah, Relax, Two Tribes, The Power of Love, the Welcome to the Pleasure Dome album in 1984 was really successful and unexpectedly so. Uh, I never expected that kind of mainstream success for this, you know, group that I'd put together in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, it, I expected, you know, a kind of more underground type of cult success, if any. And uh, it was amazing what happened to us, you know. Yeah. It was quite exciting. uh, And we got to travel all over the place. And it was a kind of a flurry of controversy that followed the band as well, because I think we were the first band with multiple members who identified as gay, and that was, you know, in Ireland at that time. I think, I think it was still against the law, was it? To I think be it gay? was around that time. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and you couldn't even buy a condom, uh, which was really important uh, thing to be able to buy at that time. And I remember all kinds of things, but it, it didn't have much of an effect when we played the RDS in Dublin it was the first gig of the tour that we did and it was a most amazing event the audience were fantastic and it was an absolutely unforgettable night I think there's a real connection though isn't there between the Irish and anybody who's from Liverpool because like I mean you're Irish your roots are Irish as well aren't they I'm 66% Irish (laughs) uh, from the region of Connacht Mayo, South Mayo, according yeah. to my DNA results. And there's, uh, on my mother's side, they were called all McLaughlin's. And my dad's mother was a Joyce. Oh. That was a Winifred Joyce, her name was. So that's a good old Irish name, I believe. Frankie goes to Hollywood, relax. I mean, it was controversial to say the least. And we know that even in the UK alone, there were two million copies sold. Do you think it was the, the controversy that the fact that the BBC were saying, oh, we're not going to play that. That's kind of what made it even more attractive to people that they were like, what is this song all about? They kind of did you a favour by not playing it. Well, in a way, that's true because all the other stations played it even more Mm. because they knew the BBC weren't playing the number one song in the country. And if you wanted to hear it, you had to listen to, you know, the commercial stations. I think they shot themselves in the foot in a way, uh, but also gave us a kind of anti-establishment seal of approval, in a sense. And it did help with publicity for the band in Europe and places like that. So the fact that you couldn't get on BBC Radio, were you able to get on top of the pops or no? Well, the BBC Radio played Relax 90 times before they banned it. And we did appear on top of the pops in January 1984, three months after the song was released. We'd had support from a TV show called The Tube, 
that was filmed off by Ease in Newcastle. And that sort of got the uh, chart position going a bit higher and then got top of the box. And and then they suddenly banned us. Uh, I think they got wind of the video and thought, there might be some gay t- connotation to the record. Oh, you can't uh, be having that now, Holly. You can't be having that. <laughs> well, not not in 1984. Yeah. You couldn't be having it. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's, I think, what occurred. Wasn't the, yeah. the tube, Holly Yates? It was, wasn't it? The tube was presented by Paula yeah. and also, and two of Holland, and also... Leslie Ash took over from Paula for a year and there was a Muriel Gray was also in there somewhere now and again. And can I, can but I it ask, was live. It was live. Because can I ask you about Top of the Pops? Did people have to mime on Top of the Pops? Because we used to hear that. Yes, you, ha- you had to mime. They didn't really like it if you requested to sing live. And you were taking a risk because they didn't always get the sound right. Uh, but a few people did it memorably. Uh, I think Junior Giscombe, uh performed live once, I remember, and he did that well. Uh, and also when my album Blast was released and I did uh, a song called Love Train on Top of the Box, uh, Mick Hucknell once sang live on the same episode and I was really, you know, in awe of the fact that he was brave enough to do that because everyone else was miming and that was the order of the day really I do remember there was an I can't think of the name there was an act years ago and uh, they went on to mime and of course they were sitting there they didn't realise that the the track had had started to play and they were sitting there with their guitar not playing the guitar not singing (laughs) because the the in-ear monitor weren't working and it was like oh god what a moment it's so obvious that it's not live well I don't think they had in-ear monitors in those days to be honest with you you had to just guess I think no you had like sound wedges at your feet or something I remember it happening to Nick Haywood once on some television program and it happened to a very beautiful girl with dark hair. I can't remember the name of the band. Uh, But you were taking a risk with television, uh, singing live. Uh, But, you know, it's just the way it was. There was nothing you can do uh, about it. But I have to say this tour, although it's celebrating 40 years of the last, it's also 35 years next year of my debut solo album, Blast. Yeah. So I'll be performing quite a lot of songs from that in the t- upcoming tour. Well, it's brilliant that this tour is going to bring people back down memory lane. That's what we love. That's what we look like. I think music now is not what, how it used to be. And I know I sound like 102 by saying that, but it's true. I mean, the music that we used to have was so amazing, which is why we're still playing it on the radio today and people still love it. So you're coming to Dublin. You're coming to the National Concert Hall on the 26th of November. And I just know there's going to be so many people excited about this date. And I'm sure you're dying to to be back on the stage as well doing it. Oh, absolutely. We're also performing at Belfast at the Waterfront, uh, I think is the name of the venue. Yeah. And uh, we're doing a, a souvenir edition of Blast in red vinyl and a red cassette, uh, which you can pre-order on hollyjohnson.com. 
Oh, it's going to be great. Well, Holly, thanks for your time today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in November. Thanks so much. Well, uh, yeah, it will be November, the last date of the tour. Fantastic. All right, you take care of yourself and we'll chat soon. It's Ireland's Classic Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye.